When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Celtic State of Mind, I'm Paul John Dykes and today, once again, it's a Thursday, I'm delighted to be joined by John Paul Mason. How are you JP? Plenty to discuss this week. Certainly do, yeah. Um, I was nearly calling off actually. Uh, I didn't know if I'd be able to do this today because I've got a, got a B1 it straight after this, but got just enough time. <laughs> you are uh, a busy man. I mean, you, you've basically, you broadcasted from, I think, th- at least three different countries, maybe more. On the Axon Bulletin. Would I be right saying that? I, I, yeah, I think they do one from Malta. I did yeah. one from Malta, one from Seville. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> Seville. Right. The dedication is super. Well, I'm, not going, I'm not going anywhere it's sunny today. I'm going to Straven. So uh, if anybody uh, knows Straven well, I don't I don't know it that well at all, to be honest. I, I have know. never been. I think that, that's been... for the Twilight Sad, right? Uh, they're playing a gig tonight, so I, I've I've been there once in my life, I think, and it was about twenty three years ago, uh, for a wedding. Right, right. And it might have even been in this place that we're playing tonight. I don't know. Um, it might start uh, looking familiar. You know that déjà vu thing you get when you're you're back in a place you've not been for a while. See the thing talking about uh, Twilight Sad. I actually think that was the best gig I was at in twenty twenty two. JP. What was that because you were there from the, the sort of start of it all and saw the, the, the whole show getting built and everything? Possibly, possibly mm. that, a bit of that. But, I mean, you've seen them. I remember you saying on the night you'd seen them a ridiculous amount of times because of your involvement with the band. But maybe in time, and you can tell me otherwise, maybe that impact, because that was the first time of me seeing them live, you know, that, mm. that wall of sound and the fact that they obviously had, was it 14 speakers all around the venue or yeah. something like that as well. So. It was it was powerful, JP. It was powerful. Um, yeah, well, it'll be a little less powerful tonight because it's just James and Andy playing. So there's not going to be there's no need for audiophonic speakers or multiple amps or anything like that. So it'll be, but it'll be it'll be nice to to play. Just to, I guess there'll be people there that I know and have known for a long time that come and see the band. So see them. Yeah, yeah. and stripped uh, back. Yeah, unplugged. Yeah. I used to love the MTV unplugged back in the day, back in the nineties. Uh, and beyond, they were the re- they were a reason to have Sky TV oh. and MTV. I, um, I can't say I can't tell you the last time I watched MTV. To be honest, uh, I, I, did, I did like MTV too as well. That was good. I did I did enjoy that. Listen, um, I'm going to ask you about more important matters. That jersey over your shoulder, <laughs> <laughs> that that is an absolute classic, right? And that was a season 
125th season, 125th anniversary, where all three kits were absolutely stunning. So you had the white kit, you had the home jersey, but the sponsor was white on white. So it was mm-hmm. a bit like that, actually. Tenants is under the crest. And the, the, the third kit would have been the black one with the um, tricolour around the, the cuffs, am I right? Yeah, absolutely. Foolishly got the long sleeve version of that, which I always regret because the short sleeve one's the, the one you want to have. But I've still got the long sleeve one. Um, but that one, that actual top was the last top that my dad got me um, before he, he passed away. So uh, it's it's very special for obvious reasons. And uh, and yeah, he, well, he bought me my first top in 88. So that's the, la- that's the last one that he got me. But uh, yeah, I, I kind of, I cherish that massively. Absolutely. And so you should, by the way, JP. I'm going to ask you a question about the jerseys before we get into the nitty gritty of Celtic. Progressing in the Scottish Cup, players coming, players going, and uh, we look ahead to Dundee United at the weekend as well. But you're talking about uh, jerseys that your old fella buys you. I, I think back, you, was your first jersey the centenary one? I think you've yeah. already mentioned that, right? Mm. I remember getting that centenary top, the home one, right? And it had the kind of furry badge. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the crest was furry. And my old man knew somebody that ran a sports shop, right? So he got it off his night shift from the guy that he knew. And so I had it one day before it was released. And I remember me and my brother, 11 months between us, going into school, JP, imagine this now, going into school wearing the hoops, brand new hoops, and everybody coming up because it wasn't it wasn't available yet. Um, so we got in the back door. I wasn't allowed to wear my Celtic strip outside the house, never mind to school. Um, I had to sneak it out if I was wearing it down to play football in the park or something like that. My mum was just like, nah, you're not. She, she thought there was like a, a target on my head. Which it kind of was in Bathgate um, in the eighties, um, not so much now. But at the time, um, it, it wasn't probably the best idea to be advertising yourself as a as a Celtic fan. Like a red rag to a bull, JP. Um, I'm looking at that jersey. I love it, and I know it was a nod a nod to the original top back in 1888 when we played our first game. If you imagine the circumstance, or imagine imagine this scenario: someday from Adidas gets their hands on the Celtic jersey book and is very impressed by it and thinks to himself, wow, this guy's done a lot of research on football jerseys. And that someone is involved in the concepts of future Celtic designs. And that person was to come to the author of that book and say, right, give me an idea for an Adidas jersey for Celtic. What Adidas template would you go for? Because I'm thinking, remember the Marseille one? It would have to be the Adidas equipment one because I was always—I've got drawings of that, and I maybe dug them out for next week. But uh, I, I came. Have I seen them. these? Have I seen these drawings? Mm, possibly, I don't know, but I, I'll get them. I'll dig them out. But I used to draw concept kits, and the the Adidas equipment concept kit was one that I frequently uh, penned over and over, and. Uh, Aye, I, I, I would love to see that. Just because it was always, I was always so jealous of the fact that Rangers had it in the nineties. You know, they had the Adidas equipment, and I was kind of obsessed with Adidas equipment stuff. I had like the the black jumper with the logo in the middle, and then it had the little uh, oh yeah, yeah, the little lines right round the collar of the jumper. I had the t shirt underneath. I had cap. Uh, don't think I've ever had the Adidas equipment trainers, but I was all about that. So that Not- would be. Totally, totally agree with you, right? And I'm thinking of some of the classic. I mean, Marseille home and away were brilliant, right? Light blue and blue. Liverpool away with the green. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking about the Liverpool away one, maybe a darker green, because I know that they've reintroduced the the Adidas equipment template to a lot of the MLS sides. Mm-hmm. So if I'm ever asked for my opinion, this hypothetical hypothetical situation that you've described there has that actually happened? Like, would is there a book winging its way to Adidas HQ? They've already, not, they've already got it. They've got it. And they I, and, yeah, and I've spoken I've spoken to the guy. So I'm thinking to myself, what do we pitch for Adidas Celtic jerseys? Um, and I love the Adidas equipment, and they have reintroduced it into the MLS. On the subject to the MLS, that is an absolutely flawless link to Georges Yakamakis. It looks as though his time at Celtic is going to come to an end. And the front runner for his signature, JP, is Atlanta City. What's your thoughts on that for a move for, for the big fella? I mean, 
I don't really know the the standard of the MLS. I, I know that it's obviously got more popular in the last sort of ten to fifteen years. There's been a lot of high profile players have gone there at the tail end of their careers, uh, like uh, Beckham and I guess Robbie Keane as well, and there's many others that I can't actually think of off the top of my head. But it just it does seem a bit strange to be considering going there at this stage in his career when he's kind of sort of made a name for himself in Europe in the sense that he finished top goal scorer in the Eredivisie and then finished top goal scorer in our league. Yeah. I just think it's maybe a bit early, but it might be the case that there's not been a lot of clubs come to the table and, and those are the, the two prominent offers that are willing to pay him the wages that he wants and pay Celtic the fee that they want. So uh, there does seem to be a gathering of thought that they might stay till the end of the season and assess his options then. If it was up to me, I would prefer that he stayed to the end of the season, regardless of the fact that we've got a new striker in the door. I just think it's it's so it's so sort of precarious our situation up front that if something was to happen to Kyogo, we don't have somebody like Giacomakis just to come in and, and bang in goals. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't know anything about this guy really, uh, the guy O, the boy O. I remember the only an excuse sketch. That's what I thought of when when uh, you know the Dennis Law. <laughs> Boy. Yeah, see, the thing with that is headline writers, JP, have had a field day with this this fella signing. But mm-hmm. yesterday, I don't know if you got a chance to watch um, Kevin Paddy and John yesterday. They were talking about the exact the exact point you just made there in relation to the fact that this, this guy has come in. We hope that, obviously, he hits the ground running to using a, a very overused cliche. However, because of, of the profile of the player, the age of the player, you get the sense that he would be, and I hate using the term, but more of a project, more of a medium medium term player who is going to get games, but you're not expecting him to step up. If we were faced with a scenario like we were last year when Hugo gets injured, Yakamakis comes in and he does his bit to win us the league, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the type of striker I want. If Yakamakis is leaving and um, O is the guy to replace Yakamakis then you want him to be able to make that impact. If he is basically going to supplement Kyogo and Yakamakis, I'm far more confident with that. Because I, I think we've said all season, we needed another striker anyway, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, the, the one thing I would say is, despite not knowing a lot about um, oh, he's coming in and it's the same uh, recruitment team that are bringing him in that have brought in all the rest of the players. So it'd be quite remarkable if they'd push the boat out and really, you know, tried their best to get this guy. He'd made the, he'd made his, his own kind of sacrifices or whatever to make sure that the move happened. It would be quite surprising if he was a, a Skepovic or a team of Buki or somebody that couldn't hit a barn door in a storm. You know, like that, that's not, I don't think that's going to be the case with this guy, but it might be the case that it might take him a while to settle in. But, None of us knew who Kyogo was before he arrived. Um, and yeah. none of us really knew about Hitati. I'd only heard of Hitati because of Liam and mm-hmm. the Under podcast. He'd been talking about him and he talked about Maeda as well. Um, but Maeda came in with the whole, he's an established international. He was the top scorer in the J-League. That, had, that lent a bit more weight to his signing. But... I don't know. I, I, I'm confident this guy will do, do do the business for us, but at the same time, I would far rather Jackamakis uh, hung about because I don't think anybody can question his commitment. He showed that when he came on, and what a lot of people thought that might have been his last game, and it might still be his last game when he and when he scored against Kilmarnock uh, at the at Hamden in the semi final. So I don't think anybody could question his commitment and desire, and the manager definitely didn't question it either. Um, so we, I guess we'll wait and see as there's only a few days left to the transfer window so yeah. if anything's going to happen it's going to happen imminently and if it's America good luck to him I, I, I can't say living in Atlanta uh, would be a a, a a hardship I mean <laughs> we're just 
you know, so so cold here all the time, and you think about places like I mean, I've been to Atlanta only for like what two days, but it's one of the hottest places I've ever been in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, is that, wait a minute, is it Atlanta or Atlantic City? Did you say what, what, what's the what is the club? Atlanta City. Atlanta City, right? So it is Atlanta, right? Well, yeah. that I was there in the month of I think it was June. I was there, and it is unbelievably hot. Like it's it's stifling hot, so uh, a, a sharp contrast to what he's been living in in Glasgow for the last uh, eighteen months or however long it is he's been here. But uh, I I mean lifestyle I'm sure would be great. I'm sure that the money would be great. Whether or not the competitive element of the football is as good, I'm sure he'll have done his homework on that and made a decision to weigh up everything versus. Versus each other, just the same as Juranovic obviously did with reunion mm-hmm. Berlin. It's quite weird to this is the first time I've been on since Juranovic left. So um, it's quite weird seeing him already in another team strip and setting up a goal to win away. And they've gone second now after that. Uh, yeah, gone second after <laughs> his uh, contribution in that game. So I, I mean, I'd, like I said, I'd rather he stay to the end of the season. But I mean, it's it's. His decision, and I, I, I wish him well. Regardless, I don't think it's quite good that there's players leaving, and you're not really—it's not leaving a bad taste in the mouth. Yeah, you're right. I don't feel any animosity towards Janovic at all. And hearing the manager's comments echoed, like not echoed, but hearing the manager's comments on the situation, which obviously some people have taken as like, oh well, does that mean that you want to try your hand elsewhere? Um, I didn't see it as that. I just saw. No. saw being, being honest about the player's situation and saying, look, he's 20, he's about to turn 28 and this is an opportunity to go to a bigger league and a more testing league and to be able to test himself against, well, let's face facts, better quality opposition. Better quality opposition on a consistent basis. There's yeah. nobody can deny that. I mean, when you go and play in the Bundesliga, you talk about top six or top eight leagues in the world and they're there. And, you know, with regards to that, that comment you were talking about there uh, that Ange made, I think eventually there will come a, a point where Ange is the subject of his own comment, but that time isn't now. You know, I mean, we'll, we'll get on to uh, the usual uh, linking and speculation and gossip regarding Ange Postacoglu uh, inevitably moving to the EPL. That day might come, but it's not now. It's not at the end of this season. And uh, we'll talk about that as well, JP. But it is interesting that, we're talking about Yakimakis. We're talking about Juranovic. Two players who played a big part in the double. And it was, you know, a season that we continually go on about where we could not fail to win that league. There was no other option. And at the time, Ange didn't talk in that kind of tone, but he has looked back on the season by saying there was no alternative than for us to win the league. And he was right. And those two players were pivotal to that. You know, Yakimakis yeah. came in when we really needed them because the alternative at that that moment in time, as uh, Boxing Day against St. Johnson showed, was Joey Dawson. That's all we had in our tank. Obviously, we go into the uh, transfer market. We might have played a badder, I guess. Uh, we go into the transfer market in the January and we bring in a player in um, Maeda who could have fitted uh, at centre forward. But at that time, we really needed Yakimakis. He came in and done his job. Juranovic has done his job. And you ask yourself the question, why are we sitting here? Because I don't like quality players leaving Celtic, JP. I never like quality players leaving Celtic. But sometimes, you know, the time comes and you appreciate it. But as you say, it's almost like farewell to these two players. And I think it comes down to the culture that's been built and created by Ange Postacoglu. He's been very, very smart in the way that he... Uh, delivers his message to you and I and all, all the other Celtic fans. He's done it in press conferences. He set us up for this moment. And in many ways, you and I are talking about, well, let's hope he's not talking about Carter Vickers. Let's hope he's not talking about Hatati and Yota. Now, listen, he's talking about two quality players that are leaving the club, but he's almost prepared us for it. And then when the time comes, it's not a massive shock. You know, he's taken that shock factor out. He's replaced both players before both players have left because Yakimakis is still in the building. Um, and I just think the way we're going about it and the culture of the club, it's all down to Angie. And that's part of the, the tagline today, why the evolution of Angie's Celtic side will never stop. This is the way it's always going to be, isn't it, under Ange Postacoglu? I think so, yeah. And um, <laughs> just you mentioned culture and club. I wasn't obviously thinking about the 80s, <laughs> um, 
I was thinking about the comment that Neil Wennon made, made in his time when he said that the, the culture has to change at the club. Yeah. And I guess that that can be aimed at not just the manager, but the hierarchy and the recruitment and the backroom staff and everything like that. It permeates throughout what, what everything that's going on at Celtic surely um, sort of knocks into each other. It's like a domino effect. Like if because if, if one part of if one part of it is working and the next part's working, then it's going to be obvious if there's one one part of that that isn't working. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that everything needs to be everybody needs to be singing from the same hymn sheet, which is another overused cliche but it's it's very true because it, you're not going to get success unless everybody's doing that and like you said the way that Ange Postacoglu from day one has spoken in his press conferences have all it's always been very clear he doesn't mess around he doesn't suffer fools he doesn't suffer idiotic questions from uh, journalists or so-called journalists he just tells it like it is and that's all we can really ask for is as paying punters who who dedicate our, our parts of our lives to Celtic. Huge part. And you know, you look at even just the departures this season, if we take in the preseason as well, JP, players like Nir Beaton and Tom Rogic, you know, guys that had the best part of twenty years between them service to Celtic Football Club. And, you know, I think there was a, a ruthlessness in many ways about those two moves where Ange thought, well, it's time. It's time for you guys to go. Mm. Juranovic and Yakimakis, slightly different scenarios, but at the same time, Julian, um, you know, the time is up. He's made his mind up. Ange, I'm talking, he's made his mind up and it's he will inevitably make sure that you're not, not at the football club. Um, the next in line, I guess, will be Yakimakis, but of course we've also got Maritz Jens um, and his Instagram post, post would uh, confirm and it's been widely uh, reported that he is going to end up at uh, Schalke and that, mm-hmm. that's on the back of Celtic and Lorien coming to an agreement to tear up the loan deal to allow him, I guess, game time. So um, it goes back to, again, these comments that Ange makes in the press conferences. Sometimes you get stock answers from gaffers, don't you? But, you know, mm-hmm. Ange doesn't waste a word. I mean, he's already spoken about you're not guaranteed game time at a club like Celtic. So if you're Maurice Jens and his club are saying to you, are you going to play this player in the second half of the season? Well, mm. Andrew, Angie's response to that is there's no guarantees, you know? And I think that has resulted in um, Yakamakis to a degree. He wants more game time, understandably. Um, his international manager's come out and spoke about, you know, uh, decisions and, and playing and all that kind of stuff. So it's on his mind. It will be on Jens's mind as well as his parent club. And, you know, Ange Postacoglu is quite happy to say, well, let's let him go. <laughs> and it's a player in, in Maurice Jens that, um, interesting enough, just before we came on, I said to you, I was having a look at you know his stats this season. He started and played every Champions League game this season because he carried the Vickers. Uh, six Champions League games, full games under his belt. And, um, you know, he was used for that purpose. As bad and as brutal and as ruthless as this sounds, we needed him for that purpose, but Ange doesn't need him now, so he's quite happy to move him on. And there is a ruthlessness to that, JP, but it's one that I think we need at times. Ah, definitely. I I remember thinking that Jens played pretty well in the, the home game against Real Madrid. I thought, if, I, I, again, it's not something I've watched back. It's not enough hours in the day to, to watch entire Celtic matches back. Um, but, yeah, I, I do remember him playing well in that game and thinking... You know he's decent. You know he's like he can compete at this level, which is the highest level going. But there was something about some of his other performances that just made me think that we weren't going to uh, pick up the option to to buy him at the end of the season. I didn't think he'd leave in January, but uh, I, I genuinely I think I said before on on here when you asked me about it or somebody asked me about it, whether it was a comment. I just didn't think that James was was, was going to be kept. Long, long term, I didn't, I, I didn't see him as being as good as Starfelt or Carter Vickers to become like a mainstay first pick centre half for Celtic. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I, I would definitely still subscribe to that that theory that he's not as good, he's not as good as either of them, and in fact, quite a long way off as good as them in terms of 
what he would be like in terms, on a consistent basis because their consistency has been incredible as, as all the stats guys and analysts would pull up and be like, well, here's what's happened when mm-hmm. uh, Starfield and Carter Vickers have played together. So common sense would tell you that anybody's going to have a hard time getting in the way of that partnership, unless, of course, one of them leaves, which I really don't want to see that happening anytime soon. Um but we just don't know what's going to happen. I, I, I think, like you said, he's prepared us for departures and we'd be foolish to not prepare ourselves for further departures in the summer because, like you said, he's ruthless and if somebody expresses a desire to play elsewhere, he's probably going to say yes. He's not <laughs> going to argue with them, is he? He's not going to, he didn't stand in the way of Juranovic. He didn't, uh, stand, he's not standing in the way of Giacomacus, as far as we know. So, yeah, I think we have to probably ready ourselves for a bit of change in the summer. But the one thing that you can be confident about is that at least we're at least we're on the right path in terms of recruitment and identifying the right players to come in. Um, and like I said before earlier, I just don't think I can't see how we suddenly have like this successful recruitment policy that just goes haywire at some point and we. We we make so many wrong decisions. I just I, I see it. I see it playing out in the same way that it's played out so far. In that we're we're bringing in the right people, the right characters, the right players. Yeah, without a doubt. And um, you're talking about identifying the players. We I, I've criticised a few times since the um, arrivals of our Japanese players under Ange Postecoglou the fact that we didn't tap into that market. And here's here's uh, the caveat. I understand that we signed Nakamura from an Italian club, but I'm talking about Japanese talent that uh, we knew about because we had a player for four years at the club in Shansuke Nakamura. And after that, and again, I I realised we had Koko Mizuno as well, but, you know, he was nothing more than a footnote in Celtics history, if that. Mm. Um, But we knew the talent was in Japanese football, JP, and we didn't pursue it. You know, and that's 2009 Nakamura left Celtic. And I've said to, to Liam, I want Liam to actually fill us in on the type of players we could have probably got in that time period. And, you know, yeah. you'd be tearing your hair out, I think, at some of the successes that yeah. came out of the Japanese league back, you know, back then, right up to uh, the arrival of Kyogo. I'm keen to get everybody's uh, views on the discussion points that JP and I are covering today. But before I do that, I'm going to ask you, JP, that jersey over your shoulder when you look at it. Um, I was asked a question yesterday, how football tops make you visualise moments or players. It's a bit like you could be walking down the street and you hear a song coming out of somebody's um, car through the window or whatever, and it propels you back to a moment in your life. Uh, It reminds you of things. And I think smells do that as well. Um, Because I'm a geek, football jerseys also do that to me. Which player does that remind you of, JP? Uh, weirdly and I guess controversially given his uh, his opinions this week Chris Commons <laughs> Chris Commons I, 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 it's probably because of the advert for the strip as well if you remember the advert I'm sure it was oh, that's right. Chris Commons Gary Hooper and maybe it was either Stokes or Samaras there was the three of them that were standing in like a changing room Mm-hmm. And they've all got that full kit on with the black shorts because the black shorts didn't have the Celtic badge on them. They just had a Nike tick and a tenant's logo, a black tenant's logo. So you, you couldn't really uh, see anything on the shorts. And then I think it was black, black socks with a green trim. It was like black and green hoops. Black and green hoops. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Because, I mean, it was similar. As I say, similar. It was a nod back to a homage to the very first kit. Bizarrely mm-hmm. enough, you know, doing the research, just as I digress a wee bit, there's a belief that the first kits may have been um, supplied by Willie Mealy, believe it or not, because he had an upholsters and, and he had a shop in Glasgow. Mm-hmm. So you could imagine anyone involved with a football club at that moment in time. Oh, we need a set of kits. Where do we get them from? And he wrote about it in his book, if anybody can get their hands on Willie Mealy's book. Um, and he said that they actually got two different kits. And I couldn't I couldn't for the life of me find out, what did that other kit look like, JP? That would be interesting. What did the second kit look like? Because uh, nobody's ever seen it. Imagine if it was blue. Oh, come on. <laughs> that, that We had to wait to the 90s for that. And what about this jersey behind me? Tell me a player um, that reminds you of. 
I had that top as well and I foolishly gave it away. That reminds me of Peter Grant, Paul McStay, uh, that kind of that kind of period really. That was like it was ninety what, ninety four, ninety five or ninety five, ninety six. Well, it was both actually, because we first wore it in the Scottish Cup final at the end yeah. of ninety four, ninety five, and then we wore it the following season yeah. um, as well. So even the likes of you know Van Hoydonk, Tom Cadet, uh, De Canio, they all wore that. But when I see it, I do think of McStay because that Cup final, Airdrie, rotten game, but it's always in my top three Celtic games because of the importance of it. Yeah. Winning the, the Scottish Cup in 95. But um, I'm going to get some of the comments coming up. We've got Paddy Lavery. It was great to meet Paddy last Friday at Gracie's, where we had an audience with the one and only Brian McClare, JP. He is unique in terms of an ex-footballer. He's hilarious. What, um, what records did he bring? Oh, that's a good, good question, right. So I asked him to bring three. The first one was, tell me, a song or bring me a record that reminds you of Manchester, right? And the song he brought was James, Sit Down. Nice. I thought, lovely. Um, and obviously, there's a bit of a link there because he played with Gordon Strachan, who became best mates with Tim Booth. He's a massive fan. I've seen him a bit. I, I, I go to see James nearly every time they play, and I, I've seen Gordon Strachan twice at James gigs, just giving him a kind of, right? That's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. superb. The song that reminded them um, of Glasgow was the Jesus and Mary chain. The guy's just brilliant. Uh, just Like Honey. Aye. Right. Right? So he played that. And then the other song was the song that he's listening to right now was Cod Liver Oil and the Orange Juice. By Hamish Imlach. Yeah, that's a great Hamish song. Imlach. However, it was a, a more recent version of that tune. Um, but I'll tell you, of the three, the one song that the crowd sang along to was Cod Liver Oil. That was the one everybody yeah. was toe-tapping along to. That was a wedding, the wedding that I was at in Seville, my mate Dave's brother recited the whole of that song when, uh, when we were at the bar. Yeah, he just like, the, like held court with quite a large part of the, part of the wedding party and he sang that song. Uh, but the first person I heard that, to sing that song and who introduced it to me was King Creosote. You know the yeah. Fight? I mm-hmm. saw him play live in Edinburgh one night, and he, he covered that song, and that's the first time that I'd heard it. So, Superb! It reminds me of my old granny. So it was great to hear it. It was a brilliant night, by the way. I'm sure uh, little anecdotes will drop into future episodes of this. Um, but I want to say last word on kits. I absolutely promise. If you show us the picture of the kit you designed, JP, I'll show mm-hmm. you the picture of the kit I designed probably about the same time, right? And I'll bring them up on the screen. Yeah. Uh, once a geek, always a geek, as they okay. say. Uh, and we'll get on to Juranovic. Once a sell, always a sell. I thought it was a nice message that he sent out as well. Um, Kinky Cadet. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Good window, but we still need to move on at least seven players. Let's read through the list then. Yakimakis, McCarthy, Turner, Bain. Gucci, Jens, Abelgar. Right, I was going to say to you, JP, is there anybody you disagree with? <laughs> but Turnbull is the guy. Let's talk about Turnbull then, right? Last three games, he has been involved in creating or scoring a goal in each of the three games. He comes on yeah. against Kilmarnock. It's his shot that saved that Yakamakis um, puts away. And then he scores against St Mirren and he scores against Morton. Um, we mentioned the fact that he didn't really celebrate <laughs> his first of those two goals. 
Uh, and the question is, where is he? Where does he fit in this squad? I'd say he's a, a, not a starter as we currently stand, but I think he's definitely still in the manager's thinking. I don't think he's done anything that I've seen to warrant being on on, on that list. <laughs> like I, I think it just it, for some reason he's become an unfancied player. Mm. I think it's because of the success of the current midfield that he's just kind of maybe surplus the requirements in a lot of people's, in some people's minds, not a lot of people's minds, but in some people's minds. Um, but certainly not mine. I, I wouldn't want to see Turnbull go, purely for the fact that he's Scottish, he's an international. Um, I don't think he's, I don't think he's fulfilled his potential at the club yet. I think there's a lot that he could still do. I'd like to think that we could get the best out of him, the best years of his career <clears throat> could and should be a Celtic because, well, we're seeing a guy in John McGinn, I know they're different type of players and, and all the rest of it, but you know John McGinn's gone down to England and England are getting the best years out of John McGinn's career. And I wouldn't like to think that Turnbull would go somewhere else and thrive and shine because he, he would, invariably would. I don't think Turnbull would go to a, a, a sort of lowly club. I think he would get a, a decent move that could then earn him a bigger move, you know, a la Southampton to then move up to a bigger club. Um, so no, definitely not him on that list. McCarthy is a—I mean, that's an obvious one just because of his lack of game time. I mean, it's—it's it's not worked. We spoke about that when he signed. I said, "Ask me in eighteen months." We're eighteen months down the line. McCarthy hasn't played anywhere near enough football at Celtic to warrant him being considered to be kept on. Really, I don't, like like you said last week. I don't care how good he is in the changing in the dressing room. I think it's it's a high wage likely high wage and it would just make sense for him to get a move and go and play football somewhere else because he's a million miles away from that Celtic midfield. If Turnbull's not getting a game then McCarthy's exactly. Um Bain <laughs> obviously he's been about for a while he's kind of a little bit tainted in some people's eyes in the fact that he was there during that horrible season in uh, 2021-2021 uh, the Gucci has just not worked. Jens is away, and Abelgard is, you know, so far out of the picture now. He's not been in any squads, as far as I know. I can't remember seeing him on the bench, and he's certainly not had any game time. So it's probably going to be the end for him as well. I think. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I, I look at Turnbull, and I think that he, Matt O'Reilly, Aaron Moy are fighting it out for one position. Yeah, and. What we've probably discovered is there's no certainties with this team, JP, because if you had asked me two months ago if Matt O'Reilly was going to drop out the side, I'd have said, no, you're off your head. You know, mm-hmm. it's, not, it's not going to happen. But he has. And what's then happened is Moy has absolutely grabbed that opportunity to make himself undroppable, you know, if there is such a thing in an Ange team. And that's just down to the standards um, and the level of your performance. So Moy's got the jersey and he's not giving it up. Mm-hmm. When his performances dip when he is suspended when he's injured then who do you pick and that that is then the question and if Turnbull then gets that that look in and gets that sniff at a first team jersey he needs to make the impact that Moyes made he needs to make the impact that O'Reilly made when he came in you know uh, last January so Mm. I I don't see him as I I would be really disappointed if we lost David Turnbull I, I believe what you say in relation to the best is yet to come with Turnbull it's sometimes with players like him you forget just how young they are because they've been in and around like the Motherwell team since he was like 17, 18. We signed him when he's 20. And you sometimes forget this guy's the same age as Stephen Welsh, you know, and there's loads more to come from, from David Turnbull. I would not be looking to move him on. I guess the big challenge is keeping him happy because he'll be wanting to play a lot of football. But again, I'll go back to what Anne said. No one's guaranteed football in this this team and I totally believe that. Um Jens, yeah, he's on his way. Abriel Gar, I think maybe again, anyone in the comment section who knows any more about this than me, please educate me on it. But Abriel Gar's here um and the way that he's here was slightly different from us just going to Ruben Kazan and saying, can we loan your player? It was down to the fact that there was a special dispensation on the contracts of players to play their football elsewhere. How mm-hmm. does that affect what we've just done with Jens? Can you tear up that contract and it goes somewhere else? 
I'm not quite sure. You know, who's holding the registration of the player? Well, Celtic are, but we don't own them. So, I, I yeah, and, and what I said earlier on about how good the recruitment's been, obviously when you you stack it up against Abelgaard, it, it doesn't look too, too clever, but it's a loan move. It was pretty low risk in terms <laughs> of the output. It's not like we've, it's not like an Ayeti where we spent five million on the guy, and we're he, he stopped. He stopped to come back. I know. I know. <laughs> I don't know. I've not. I've not kept an eye. And I know he started all right uh, in Switzerland, but I don't know how it's gone since then. I'm kind of scared to look to see if he has just dropped off the face of the earth over there as well. Because I mean, if if you can't do it in your homeland at this point in your career, when are you going to do it? Where are you going to do it? Um, so I the Abelgaard thing I, I I really don't know the ins and outs of that, but it's clearly out of the picture. But you meant you mentioned Welsh there. Maybe Jens going will postpone the, the departure of Welsh until the summer, possibly because yeah. Welsh will be closer to the first team uh and getting opportunities than but then you've got Kobayashi as well who's come in, so but that would be four, wouldn't it? There's not. There wouldn't be five. It would be Carter Vickers, Starfelt, Kobayashi, and Welsh. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a decent figure. Um, but because we've not heard any chat about anybody coming in for Welsh, well, not nothing concrete. Fabrizio Romano hasn't been tweeting about Stephen Welsh. Um, so <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I'm has he been? Has he been tweeting about Porteous? Because people can't seem to pronounce Porteous. Well, they can't say Jackamacus either. There's so many people called Jackamacus, Geomacus. It's know, yeah. so frustrating when you hear it's that. awesome. Uh, what, what? Um, I, don't know, I, I don't know. I've not, I've not heard anything about Welsh going uh, mm. either on loan or otherwise. Um, lots of people think that we should offer some sort of deal for Nisbet and, and, throw, and throw Welsh in on that deal, but I don't think that's going to happen. Well... There's a few people commenting on that very player in the comment section. I'm going to bring it up. But the, the other one that kind of springs to my mind, because I don't disagree with McCarthy or Gucci, Jens Abelgar. We know Yakimakis is on his way. Um, but I'm going to be looking at Bain and saying, by the way, whatever you think of him, he's going nowhere because we've just loaned out um, Toby, Obuyelemi. Um, mm. He's away over to Ireland. So we're not going to run with two goalies. So I don't know. Is, is Hazard back in the building? Obviously, he's another goalkeeper that was out on loan. Yeah, he's a, he's a season long loan, wasn't he? At Helsinki. Obobuyeleme. I used to be able to pronounce that. No, no. So, Hazard, Hazard's on a season a season long loan. I so he's still on loan. I think so. Um, yeah. So I don't see Bain going anywhere, uh, but I wouldn't keep him because he's good in the dressing room, as I've heard um, no. other people commenting on. Another wee player that um, is playing his football in MLS that came to my mind was Patrick Clamala. Remember, right. Klamala moved on. He's now at New York Red Bulls. And his goal scoring record, JP, 14 goals in 63 appearances. So he's only 24 years of age. Um, yeah. Albion Ayeti at Strum Graz has scored three goals oh. in 16 games. So he's probably going to be coming back. And um, another player that went over to the MLS, you mentioned Beckham, Robbie Keane. Um, but another player yes. that went over... Pirlo. Oh, yeah. Uh, he went over to uh, New York City. And I think, was he either photographed in the parlour or with Celtic fans over over there? I'm sure he was at an event and Celtic scarves ended up right, either around his neck or behind him or something like that. I've not seen that picture, but uh, what an amazing player he was. Oh, unbelievable. Yeah. Nice. Now, Let's have a look at some of the comments on Nisbet then, because Nisbet did make it into the uh, tagline of a previous Axon Bulletin based on the fact that we do have to have a quota of homegrown players. So if you are looking to move on players like Welsh or um, Bain, for example, then your quota is coming down. They need to be replaced. Even McCarthy is classed as a homegrown player, having come through the ranks at Hamilton. Afternoon to all our regulars. It's always great to see you on the comments section. Now, Paul, uh, gone wrong. We should be matching Millwall's bid, thinks Paul, and bring Nisbet in as backup. Good value at two million with a proven record. It looks as though that deal is going to go through. I think it's two and a half million pound by add-ons. JP, mm-hmm. um, what's your thoughts? Well, it's interesting that 
that's the level of club that are going to potentially prize and is a bit away from Hibs. It's it's hardly it's hardly a kind of who's who of English clubs that are all at the table. Which obviously, I mean, what age is he? Twenty five. Twenty five. I don't think that's a bad age to sign a, a Scottish player, but it just the the, arc, the 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 consensus seems to be that oh Hibs Hibs wouldn't do a deal with us. They wouldn't entertain selling him to yeah. us. It would, in the same way that the McGinn thing didn't happen. But the McGinn thing didn't happen because Aston Villa came in and they offered them more money. As far as I know, like he got offered a better salary and a better, and there was a, I think a bonus worked into it if they got a qualification from the Championship into the Premier League, which they mm-hmm. did, mm-hmm. and all the players all received substantial. Uh, remuneration for, for their efforts in getting Aston Villa back to the Premier League so aye it's, it's, a, it's a weird one that I, I don't really know much about Millwall's current state I know that they're not the, the most pleasant of football clubs uh, to to uh, to support if you were of same mind and you were in a the Millwall end and an away game I, I don't think it would uh, perhaps enlighten you too much but um Maybe for the wrong reasons, but maybe they've maybe they've rid themselves of that element. I don't know. Maybe I'm speaking out of turn. So apologies to any Millwall uh, people with Millwall leniencies. But uh, and I don't know. I don't know what their current footballing predicament is, where they are in the, the league or anything like that. But it just I would have thought that somebody were maybe maybe because of his, he's just back from an injury that there's not a. a, a, a lengthy list of suitors for him because everyone's just kind of going on his current form which is great don't get me wrong his goal score his, mm. his numbers of late have been really good um, but I can't remember what it was like before that injury like was was he as prolific as there, was a, there was a spell you know my concern about him JP right is I remember him at Wraith Rovers in Dunfermline and when he wanted to move it was obvious because his form disappeared. And I think there was an element of that. There was some personal issues he was going through as well. And then <laughs> the, in, the injury happened. And only since he came back, because his form was away with it by the time uh, we played them um, in the mm-hmm. final. And I think, obviously, three managers in the best two years, maybe, uh, probably doesn't help either. So should we match the, the bid for, for Nisbet at this moment in time? You know, I, I don't think he's a bad player but I think there's still a lot of development left in in Nisbet and mm. uh, I've said that before two and a half million quid if Celtic could get a player a Scottish talent at 25 for two and a half million pounds um, should he be the kind of level that we're going for well it seems, might it's argue similar to the Lyndon Dykes thing doesn't it remember when Dykes was leaving uh, Livingston everyone was saying oh we should sign Dykes I mean has Lyndon Dykes really tore it up down there for QPR I, 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 I don't know I don't think so I'm not it's certainly not been on my radar that he's doing remarkably well for QPR um, obviously he had a short lived career underneath uh, Mick Beale um, and I don't that's know that's right and then he, then he uh, had some kind of social media um cryptic message on Beale's departure didn't he about mm. what was it now it was something to do with something to do with a rat maybe something like that um, so mm. there was there was definitely something on Instagram I don't do Instagram yet but I have seen the screenshots but Lyndon Dykes is a player I think what he has done and again this isn't me saying we should have signed him because I don't think we should have he's now Scotland's first pick striker mm. you know and that says as much about the way that Steve Clark manages Scotland as anything else but he is so in that respect he he would never have been Scotland's first pick striker at Livingston mm. he's gone down there done a job scored goals not as prolific as maybe he was up here but Nisbet you know if he goes down to Millwall we'll need to wait and see one thing that always strikes me about Millwall as well as the players that played for Celtic in Millwall like Paul Hartley Mick McCarthy and Tony Cascarino um, is that they have a strange association with Wraith Rovers fans so these fans that you're talking about with a Millwall state of mind um, they hook up with Wraith Rovers every time Wraith Rovers play Hearts because there's beef between Millwall and Hearts so right. they come up and a posse comes up to make sure Wraith Rovers are well represented should anything kick off 
There wow. You go. Uh, we bit of specialist yeah. knowledge about Fife there for you, JP. I think there is such a thing as a Millwall state of mind. <laughs> I know what it would be described as, to be fair. Um, Durban Culture, has anybody left as any departures? Well, we are basically waiting for the um, the unveiling, I guess, of Maritz Jens at Schalke. He'll be out the door. And JP brought up the, the, the you know, the tagline, where does it leave Welsh? I think that had Jens remained at the club, uh, Welsh would have left in one way or another, be that by loan or, or transfer. But what I did hear, JP, and this surprised me a wee bit, is you're talking about throwing in Welsh as part of the Nisbet deal. Celtic want £3 million plus for Stephen Welsh. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Which is so, more than Nesbitt's going for, uh, Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, mean, I don't see why that wouldn't, shouldn't be the case. I mean, Stephen Welsh is a decent player. I don't think he's far from the finished article. Of course he's not, but um, I think he's got the potential to go somewhere, potentially abroad, and do do pretty well. You know, Josh Doig's now getting talked about uh, for £9 million. I saw that this morning. Mm-hmm. £9 million fee for Josh Doig. And there was, I remember you kind of, so I said we should maybe be looking at Josh Doig when he was at Hibs, and then he goes over there and and makes a name for himself there. So it would be ridiculous if Stephen Welsh wasn't going for something like three million. I mean, what what's the alternative? What a million? What one million? <laughs> Eight figures? One million? <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I I just don't see how that could possibly. I'd be insulting if. To the club and to the player, if, if he was getting talked about in terms of a million pounds, three million, I think that's a, a fairly good starting point for, for Stephen Welsh. Yeah, and you know, I, I don't think he will leave because, as you quite rightly said, you can't run with, with just three centre halves. Some people in the comments might come in and say, Well, we've also got Boss and Lawell, and I think that was fresh in the, the gaffer's mind by playing him against Morton, making his debut. Um, but again, you're going into let's say the final derby of the season, and you've got an injury crisis, are you happy throwing in Lavell at that stage? That That's the way I think. Yeah, there's there's games and there's time to, to bleed players in, JP, but I want Welsh. He's been through he's been through that ringer uh, more than once. He's played Champions League football. He's ahead of the game in terms of his development as a footballer, and I think that uh, it would be handy to keep him around. I don't think the Jens thing was part of the plan, but through the agent and maybe his own parent club, they, I'm not going to say they've been demanding first-team football, but they've obviously made their feelings known and Ange's just done the deal. I think uh, that, that completely changes everything for Welsh and it wouldn't surprise me if he remained until at least the end of the season. Now, mm. Stephen comes in. Welcome to the show, Stephen. And you are watching on YouTube. We can't lose three homegrown players without replacing, as it seems going into Europe. It means, rather, going into Europe, three fewer foreign players too. The thing with that is every pre-season, um, you do have... Uh, academy graduates so you do have the option of having academy graduates on that massive subspench in the Champions League and that's why when the very first of you were to look at the very first European squad that Ange submitted JP there were players in that squad who were probably not even playing for the B team and Mm. they were sitting on the bench for games and you know you had to check out who they were um, such was their age and their inexperience. So, yeah, I, I totally get the rule, but there's other ways around that rule as well uh, because you know, there's going to be games where you have a homegrown player on the bench who's not actually going to get a game, but you're just fulfilling that particular homegrown player rule um, as well. But again, I think that's a, a reason for keeping Welsh, a reason for keeping uh, David Turnbull as well. Gary Madden, absolutely love that top JP has behind him. You have got a quite a healthy collection of Celtic jerseys, JP, it's got to be said. Are you almost nearing? You've got a few more? 
not I mean, I've not I've not bought that many recently, but it could be better if I hadn't been so generous and given them away when I was a wee guy. I gave I gave away my people's home top, I gave away that one behind you, um a couple of away tops have, have, have mysteriously disappeared over the years. Um but I, I, I do look after them. I kinda treat them like they're I don't know, <laughs> treat them like they're expensive stuff and I suppose in actual fact some of them are like you know you see the price that they go for at these classic football shirts uh sort of pop-ups and things like that and they're, they're wanting like 150 quid for a football top I know and it's quite quite bizarre but um yeah they just like I like I like I like football tops in general and I've got quite a lot of non-Celtic football tops as well um I'm after one of those uh the Red Star the Paris, have you seen that club in uh, Paris, Red Star FC? They're the um, kind of left wing, straight yeah. mind club, yeah. Yep. yeah their, their tops are, are minted. There's, they mm-hmm. brought out like, a, like an anniversary one, which is, I mean, that's the one I want to get. I, like, I can't, I'll need to uh, show you the, I'll, I'll put it on the, the Twitter post of, of the one that I'm after because it's, it's an absolute belter. Um, I don't think it's available at the moment. Whether or not they they redo it or repress it, I don't know. But I'm sure they could make a lot of money if they did. The one I wanted was the uh, Opa Celtic, um, the tie-in with yeah. Primal Scream. Uh, I thought that looked. You get one? Oh, I think they were sold out before they mm. were even available. Mm. Um, and it would be good. The picture of Cantona wearing it. It looked absolutely stunning. Mm. Um, now we've got Jog Vy or Jog V. Uh, and he is being made homesick because of uh, your earlier discussion in relation to the gig that you're doing with the Twilight Sad. Hello from London and hello to you. Anyone who's actually tuning in and you haven't already subscribed to the channel, then I would suggest that you do that because um, 2023, it's all about Axon. It's all about exclusive Celtic content. We have been speaking about uh, some players who might be going, some players who have arrived as well. And O was on the top of the, the show as well. Uh, 21 years of age, it's a deal worth two and a half million quid. Centre forward, he's got 93 appearances under his belt, 23 goals. And I look at a player like that, now he's coming from the K-League, um, and I'm looking at his age, and I look at the way that Celtic bring through our youth players, our young players, um, JP, and he's got almost 100 appearances at the age of 21. And... You know, it gets to that stage where you'll just never know if our current 21-year-olds are good enough. Because there's, no way, there's no way they play 100 games at that age. No, that's also including, he's also done his, in that time period, he's also done his national service. Because he chose to do it. He chose to do it, I think, in 2020. So obviously he picked a good year to do it. I don't know if that was before or, or during the pandemic that he made that decision. But um, he must have planned for it. And then, I guess, getting out of the way while there's no football being played or, well, the football had stopped. Uh, presumably it stopped over there or, or if it was getting played behind closed doors, I don't know, when they resumed. But, um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's obviously, like you said, to come with that level of experience already at 21, there's not many players of that age that have played that amount of games at a decent level uh, because of the lack of opportunities to do so. Like there's mm-hmm. no there's no reserve leagues. You're only going to have been playing that level of games if you've been out on loan somewhere at a young age and played a full season with somebody. So I I wonder if he'll be included in the squad on Sunday. I mean, is he would he be considered ready? I don't know. I don't know how recently he's been playing in South Korea. Um my friend who I was with yesterday actually lived lived there and went to see that team that he played for when he lived in, in South Korea. Like about, it was a good few years ago, so it was obviously before his time. But I, he, he said, oh, you, you've signed a player from, from my from my team. And I went, what are you talking about? And when I lived in South Korea, that's who I went to see. So he's been to that ground and used to go semi-regularly. He's got a scarf and a strip and all that. So is it the Blue Wings? Blue Wings, yeah. Aye. And um, it would be good if he was able to to be involved on uh, the weekend. We're going to be talking about that game, JP. I always like looking at these young players. It just makes me feel so much older than I already am because when he was born, when O was born, number five in the UK charts was Gorillas with Clint Eastwood. I remember that being released like it was 
just a few years ago. And now we've got strikers who were born on that day. And the closest game to uh, O's birth was a, a very special game in relation to Martin O'Neill's first season in that on the 7th, uh, of April that year, we beat St Mirren 1-0 to wrap up the league championship, the goal being scored by Tommy Johnson. I and very, I think... I think that if you hadn't said it, I remember that, because he did that, he scored. Yeah, he did. And and you know the thing about that, that that's the treble winning season, obviously, Martin O'Neill's first season in charge. And you think to yourself, wow, that was when this player was born. And it does make you feel particularly old. JP. Um, however, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him. I've done everything else that you know Celtic fans have done across the globe, and you've tried to get as much footage as possible. You've looked at the stats, but until you actually see him in the flesh, uh, you can't really make your mind up. I don't think the guys would be negative yesterday when they were talking about him being more of a project signing, but that goes back to the um, discussion you and I had about Yakamakis, in that I would have, much <coughs> have kept Yakamakis if at all possible. Um, very quickly then, we'll talk about Dundee United. A um, couple of excerpts have been in the news because Jimmy Goodwin, I call him Jimmy Goodwin, as if he's a lead singer of Doves. Jim Goodwin, sorry, excel. Um, Sugarly Peg, potentially the worst result in Scottish football history, if you look at the gap between the two teams. Uh, Liam Scales was part of that defeat. Uh, Lennon and Paul Lambert have been touted to replace him. Um, I mean, that was a shocker, wasn't it? I mean, we've had a few bad results in our time over the yeah. years, JP, but nothing as bad as that. I watched it with an Aberdeen fan who uh, James <laughs> was not happy, Jaffe, on oh, I bet. Monday night. No, I mean, he just, as it got, as the second half ticked on, I just kept looking over at him and his, his expression was just sort of genuinely in shock. He was like, this can't be happening. And I was trying to imagine how he must have felt in that scenario because I mean that it's worse than Cali Thistle it's worse than a lot of things that have happened I mean there's no way in the world that should have happened and the amount of people that made money off that it's the screenshots that you shot that I saw on Twitter of people putting 20 quid on and 50 quid I think I'm pretty sure I saw 100 on it as well Um, it's a lot of money Uh, and a lot and the thing is people were that sure that it was a possibility, and I, I didn't. I genuinely didn't think. I was like, nah, no way, no way are they going to get beat off. I know, like, I mean, what are they non-league? I mean, what? What? what well, there's they... the sixth tier, the sixth tier. So that part of the pyramid, but I mean, yeah. that gap, JP, should not. It should not happen. Yeah. I mean, you're talking the kind of level of like Haddington Athletic, Musselburgh. You know, that's the level that you're talking. You never know. There's a bit of back in there. I know that they've got quite a few players that have played higher division football in Scotland but that that should not be possible yeah. on paper see the manager's team talk before it as well like well, yeah. we, watched it, we watched the team talk in the dressing room and I said to James like imagine they're, like after that team talk they go out and get horse like 5, 6, 7, 0 and then that's not what happened <laughs> of that happened they, they got an early goal and somebody on Super Scoreboard I listened back to Super Scoreboard the next day and somebody actually said, it was a Darvel fan, and he actually said, Truesdale's the one to watch out for. And the amount of times that James and I said, that's, that's Truesdale again. He played really, really well. And then the boy, the Darvel fan said, if we get an early goal, we'll have something to hold on to and we're a good enough football team. We're not just going to hoof it up the park, you know, all the time. We've actually got a decent enough football team to mm-hmm. put it away to a victory and, and it's exactly what happened and fair play to them yeah fair play. for sure but Falkirk for sure. Have the round, so I, I wouldn't like to be Falkirk going there unless you're totally on it absolutely um, anything's but, possible now and you know I, I mentioned some of the guys that have been touted for the job Jim Goodwin's still in a job JP but one name by the way you talked about the pre-match team talk what about the post-match interview by Amy Canavan yeah. It was yeah. Amy um, from Axon Fame who has gone on to. Uh, By the way, that's like that. That's going to be played over and over and over and over again for the rest of the time. And she was there reporting on that night, you know. So it's kind of iconic, really. That that it's somebody that you you know that was yeah. that was doing the doing the 
doing the pre-match and post-match and everything else. So, but um, but I Tanadice on Sunday, it's not going to be nine 0 is it? It's going to be. I think it'll be tighter. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Well, they'll 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 surely want to exact some sort of revenge if they can. Uh, although certainly not want to be opened up in the way that they were that day. Um, so I, I think it'll be it'll be a be a tough game, but hopefully we've got the 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 minerals to come out of it with three points. Just very quickly before you go, JPD, start Turnbull against Under United. Um, no, 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 no. It would be Moy or O'Reilly uh, and my team with. Atatia or McGregor, I don't. I, I I wouldn't be against them starting if, if if I saw his name in the in the starting lineup, I wouldn't be aghast or anything like that. I would be okay with it, but I I can't see how he's getting in ahead of Moy or O'Reilly. Um, I just I don't see that happening. I mean, I know that he's obviously impressed in his recent performances, but does that warrant getting bumped out? One of them getting bumped out of the sides? I think I think it's more likely that Moy will start. Um, I'd go for Moy. I, I definitely yeah. would go for Moy. Robert, one of these days, Amy is always welcome back on Axom, and one of these days you might see her back on these screens. Now, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, everybody. Give us a thumbs up on the YouTube video. Subscribe to the channel if you want to come and see us live. It's, uh, it was a great laugh last Friday. We're doing another one with Tom Boyd in February, and there are some tickets available for Danny, but not many. Danny McGrain in March. Ticket underneath the video. Uh, all that's left for me to say once again, JP, thank you for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind. Cheers, Paul. phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct to consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Network.